This is the Love Your Mom Life podcast, where we get real about getting out of your motherhood rut and creating a mom life you love. I'm your host, Nikki Odin, and I know a lot about what it's like to not love your mom life. Being a mom is hard, and being a mom with goals and dreams is even harder. Over the years, I've spent a whole lot of time on the hot mess express trying to harmonize motherhood with everything else I want out of life. But eventually, I figured it out, sort of. You can create a mom life you absolutely love. So come on, let's do this thing together. Before we dive in, this is my cute little reminder to please hit that subscribe button. Be sure to follow us on social, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, be sure to visit the blog at youridealmomlife.com for real life solutions to help you take back your time and love your mom life again. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Today's guest has spent the last 28 years in sales and marketing. Her experience includes director of marketing for hotels, restaurants, and conference centers, and media buyer for an advertising agency. Having worked in mergers and acquisitions for a hotel management company and helping turn around distressed hotels domestically and internationally, she found her calling in consulting. Her strength is in understanding the psychology of the consumer, their shopping and buying habits, their pain points, and the best way to use that information to create a marketing plan that can help businesses solve consumers' problems. She opened BG Marketing in 2011 to help small and medium-sized companies in a variety of industries. Her experience in marketing and social media strategies have helped her clients stand out amongst their competition. She gives tutorials on the fundamentals of social media and the impact it plays in business. And she tells her audience, I can teach you how to fish or I will do the fishing for you. After helping launch and grow hundreds of brands, she created a course for female business owners. Marketing Plan Masterclass educates and empowers students to market their own business. She's also the founder of the Startup Tribe, a free Facebook group community that teaches small business owners the fundamentals of marketing their business. She lives in Coral Springs, Florida with her husband, Victor, and together they have four children between the ages of 12 and 30. You can find her on social media at Facebook and LinkedIn at Barbara Gobi Marketing or on Instagram and Twitter at Barb Gobi. And it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Barbara Gobi to the show. Hey, Barbara. Oh, thanks, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to see you. You know, it's so funny that we met this year, but we've never actually met in person because of COVID. We've always been doing everything on Zoom. But just for everyone listening, um, I met Barbara through a networking event and I was immediately so impressed. I think just by her energy, You, you have such great energy And you really stood out among the other networkers who were there. And then as I dived in a little deeper, I did end up joining the Startup Tribe on Facebook. And I just love what you're doing with social media. I love how you're empowering, especially women business owners. And most of all, I love that you're a mom. Because I Mm -hmm. think that (laughs) we have a unique sort of beastly time management struggle. We have a lot to juggle. And it's not that we're any less powerful, but I think we do a lot more than our male counterparts. We we do way more. (laughs) I know, right? So I I absolutely love, love, love what you're doing. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah. Tell me more about BG Marketing. I, I think it's amazing what you've created. How did you get started with that? Yeah. So I was working in um, in corporate America. I was a marketing director for a chain of hotels at the time. And, you know, like, like a lot of women, you know, we were, I was working in a male dominated industry. So, you know, you either have to like be one of the guys or, you know, I was called a doormat. You know, they literally told me, well, you're just a doormat. People walk all over you. Um, and my husband and I, this is a second marriage for both of us. So I had two children before we got married and I said, you know what, we need two more kids. So we had two more children and I'm working in corporate America and my son is now diagnosed with autism. So um, at the time we had to do whatever we could to help him. And um, we, so I had to take him to therapy at University of Miami from Coral Springs for 12 appointments a week. And so there's no way you can have a corporate job when you're driving from Coral Springs to Miami you know, 12 times a week. So I had to quit my job and I said, well, I'm just going to do some consulting. And um, little did I know that it was just going to blow up the way it did. And I think a lot of me building the business was being at the right place at the right time. I started my company at the end of the recession and I was a Hail Mary for a lot of businesses to keep them from closing their doors that had never tried any kind of marketing strategies before. So I thought, well, maybe I can't get them to pay me $5,000 a month, but maybe they'll pay me $500 a month. And then I just got a lot of little clients like that. And I could work on them in the evenings while I take my son to therapy during the day. And it, my son is now fine and my company blew up and it just worked out that way. I love that. And you say it worked out that way, but I think you need to give yourself a little bit more credit. <laughs> I, I do think you created it. I think oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, it was a yeah. lot of hard work. And I always tell my clients, you know, if you've got a side hustle like I did, I was trying to build my side hustle while still working at corporate America. Um, you have you have to treat it like a regular job because if you treat it like a hobby, it'll reward you like a hobby. And there was no option for me. This could not be a hobby because I had to replace my corporate income and still be able to take care of my family. I love that. And I think a lot of moms are in that situation, maybe not necessarily with the special needs, but with that desire to get out of corporate America and to use their gifts in a way that can provide for their family. We see a lot of, I know I have a lot of friends who have a home-based business, a lot of um, direct sellers, and it's a very similar passion. And I love, I love these success stories because it just goes to show that anyone can do anything. It's If you have a big enough why, it doesn't really matter the how, but I love here that your how is totally aligned with your gifts and it's something that you love doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I believe that everybody has some, you know, God given gift or talent and that it's your duty to share that with people to make their lives better. So I felt I had to do this because I had something that could help others. I love the, the way you said that, that it's a duty and it really is. We all have God given gifts and talents and abilities and it's our job to harness them and to honor them and to go out there and use them and to serve others. I think that a lot of times we try to shrink away from that or we tell ourselves that we're not good enough or why should this be something that happens to us? But no, really, why shouldn't it happen to you, right? Why shouldn't it be something that you can create? So it's it's awesome to see that and to have four kids, four kids yeah. and, and to be able to do that. Yeah. I think that's absolutely amazing. So 
how how was that in the beginning to build the business from scratch and tend? I mean, you had your special needs child, of course, but you and the other three as well. How how were you able to figure that out? Yeah, my kids were my little ones were three and four at the time, so they were a handful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then my my older daughters were you know middle school and they were teenagers. Um, and now my oldest daughter is our integrator in our company. She's thirty. And so now she works for us. Um, so she really helps run a lot of the operations on our client side of our company. Um, and I was telling my husband the other day, we were talking about me owning my own business. And, you know, I said I could always have less stress or even make more money if I went to work for someone, but at what cost? You know, I wouldn't be there to pick my kids up in the afternoon and help them with their homework and, you know, make them dinner and take them to doctor's appointments. And there's, there's a cost for that. And that's so much more valuable to me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of moms have that ultimate yeah. dream and aspiration. Yeah. So what do you say to those moms who, who feel like they want it so bad, but they just don't believe in themselves enough to go out there and, and try? Yeah. You know, and it's funny that you say that because I've been behind the scenes of my clients for probably the first seven years of my company. And because some of our clients are celebrities, so they can't know that someone like me is doing their social media. It needs to come off authentic. So I've always been a behind the scenes person, which was fine for me because I'm kind of an introvert. So I never put myself out there. I never, you know, had my brand or my my website didn't look great or anything um, because my clients came first. And uh, about two years ago now, I said, you know what? I need to start branding me. And that means you have to have the confidence to get out there and take pictures or be on camera or be at networking events. And you have to put yourself out there. It's really scary, especially if you are an introvert or you don't have the highest self-esteem like I did. And then I realized, you know what? I really don't care. And once you finally get over that part and it clicks, now people tell me all the time, like, oh, your website's beautiful, or I love your videos and your tutorials. And I am certainly not perfect, but I stopped caring what other people think of me because that fear is what's holding you back from, you know, maybe making a lot more money, but also from helping others who really need to hear what you have to say. That is so powerful. And it's so true. It's so true. I think a lot of times we think that everyone's looking at us or judging us and and they're really not. I think people are so kind of caught up with themselves that they're not doing that. But on the other hand, even if they are, you know, I, I always say, how can you create something worth criticizing? If it's even worth criticizing, you're doing something right. right. And you just learn and you grow. So you're, I totally agree. That fear, that fear is so paralyzing for some people. Mm-hmm. But I think everything you want is on the other side of fear. So I love that. Just stop caring. Just try to stop caring, right? Like pretend you don't care until you really don't care. Yeah. You know, my son taught us a good lesson about that because he he's now 14 and he has a YouTube channel. And he makes tons and tons of videos. Like he has hundreds of videos on his channel. Some of them are like 10 seconds long and some of them are four hours long, (laughs) but he shows up for his audience. He doesn't care what they say. And he just puts his content out there anyways. And he had a video that he did just a couple of weeks ago. That's gone crazy viral. It's had like 18,000 views in the last couple of weeks. And it's only an 18 second video 
And I'm like, wow, buddy, that's great. You know, we could go in and optimize it. And here's the marketing person in me, like, <laughs> let's put in some keywords and a thumbnail. And he's like, no, I just, I just want to put the content out there. That's amazing. So I'm like, we need to learn a lesson from him who doesn't care what people think. He doesn't care about the comments. He doesn't care about how many views he's had. He just knows I have to keep putting out content. You know what, though? I wonder if he he learned that from you. Like maybe he learned that from watching you put yourself out there yeah. and, you know, do it scared. And and actually maybe, you know, I'm sure you've stumbled and fallen, but you get back up. And that's the other really huge part of this. Not only are we getting out there and putting ourselves out there, right? And honoring our duty mm-hmm. to give our gift to the world, but we're also teaching our kiddos what that looks like in real in real life, what it's like to maybe get rejected or have a huge success and celebrate it. And, and both things are are to be learned from. So I I think give yourself a little credit there. He might be he might have learned that from you. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so it's it's hard to to have a business, I think, getting back to, you know, having the the three and the four year old in the beginning. What do you think was your biggest struggle as you were, you know, you had to be both things. You had to be mom all the time, but you also had to work on this on this business. So what what was the biggest struggle for you that you overcame? Yeah, and I think that that was probably my biggest lesson is that I had a hard time separating the two because, you know, in the beginning I worked from home. Um I've kind of come full circle and now I've had an office and I'm working from home again. Um thanks COVID. Right. <laughs> but um you know, I would be in my office, my dining room and they would be in their playroom doing their thing and it was like I felt this sense of guilt if I was working or I felt a sense of guilt if I wasn't working and I was taking care of them. So that was really hard is to get over that, that guilt that you feel of like, I'm not doing enough for my business or I'm now I'm neglecting my family. So, you know, part of what I did was really bring them into that and incorporate it. So it could flow over into both, you know, they could be watching a movie and I could sit on the couch with my laptop and I'm still at least present with them um, instead of in another room, because funny story, one time I I left them in the other room to play for a little bit while I was doing some work. I'm like, oh, they're fine. I can hear them playing. And they found markers and colored my entire couch and every single tile on my floor. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it happened in a flash. I mean, it happened so fast, but then it was like, oh my gosh, what if they had gotten hurt because I was in the other room? You know? So, I mean, <laughs> thank God only the couch got hurt, but You know, it's, you know, and then you just feel this sense of guilt. Mm. Um, And that's hard. I think that the guilt is a huge, a huge component for moms who have big dreams and want to go after those dreams. And like, like we've just been talking about honor that duty, but then they feel this sense of like, that's not for me right now. My, my role is to be a mom and they feel guilt. They absolutely, you feel guilty either way. You always feel like you're letting someone down. So how did you get through that? Well, you know what that is? It's the I'm not enough mm-hmm. philosophy. And in your work, you're thinking, well, I'm not doing enough. Or in your family, you think I'm not being a mom enough or a wife enough or whatever. You always have that. And you have to give yourself some grace and say, listen, you're doing the best you can. You are enough. You're doing way more than, you know, we, our generation did, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. You're doing so much and you are doing enough. And then you have to remember your why. You might have to invest some time right now because you're doing this for your family. Because the hustle that you're doing right now and the hours that you're putting in is going to result in, you know, 
more financial freedom, more time freedom, more job freedom in the future. And it is a delicate balance to play. You don't want to neglect one over the other, but you just have to know that you are doing enough. And I think having a good partner on board is really helpful too. I was lucky that my husband was really helpful, but I know that there's a lot of single moms out there. I was a single mom for many years. And um, so I know how hard that is too, when you don't have support of, you know, a partner to help you with that too. I think what you said though is really important and it's very simple. Like give yourself grace and simple doesn't always mean it's easy, but giving yourself grace is huge. And that's, you know, like as with any goal, any mind shift, we always start small. And I think that's a great way to start small. Give yourself some grace and, and stop being so hard on yourself because it doesn't make you a better mom. Constantly making yourself feel guilty about time you're spending away doesn't make you a better mom. It just makes you more stressed and more anxious. And by the way, that's something your kids are going to pick up on. You know, and another thing too, when you're trying to find that balance or that harmony between your business and your family, you know, everything we do is a choice that we make. Mm -hmm. So I started looking at some of the choices in my life and what was I wasting time on? You know, I, I really don't watch TV. You know, I don't, there's a lot of stuff I don't do. I don't, I, as a social media manager, I don't get sucked into social media. I have pretty good self-control about it. But those, I think, are time wasters that don't serve you. Um, you know, so set timers, get in and get out, do what you have to do. And yes, it's okay to have some guilty pleasure TV because you need to recharge your batteries. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, look at some of the choices that you make in life and wonder, is this serving my family or my business? I think it boils down to priorities, which is something we talk about a lot in the Mom Life Challenge, which is a, a three-day challenge I created to help moms with the jumpstarting those habits that you need to create a life that you love. Like you have to be able to, you have to be intentional about where you're spending your time and you have to prioritize where you're spending your time, right? So exactly what you said, um, you know, the guilty pleasures are fine, right? Because that's a form of self-care and those are things that you should indulge in. However, think about your priorities and do you really need to be spending 30, 40, 50 minutes on social media, right? Or whatever the case may be. Um, so I love that. I, I think I totally, totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You know, part of how I balance that is my day is pretty regimented and I'm not a regimented person, but I know I have to keep a schedule. So every hour of my day is scheduled for something. So every time block, whether it's, you know, I schedule time to look at social media or I'm scheduling power hours for myself to tackle a project. Every minute is scheduled. I go to bed at the same time. I wake up at the same time. And that way I don't get derailed. Yeah, I love that. Um, I am a huge believer in time blocking. It's not something that has always come naturally to me. But over the years and in, in building my own business, I've realized that I have you have to be intentional about your time. If you don't decide, choose, like you said, to um, spend your time the way you want to, someone else will be more than happy to tell you how to spend it. So you you have to be intentional. It's and it's very empowering. It's I think a lot of people are afraid of time blocking because it sounds rigid. I find it very freeing because I get to decide how I spend my time. And you know, if okay, a time block, if I don't honor a time block, then I can reflect on why. I can like go back and look at that and and have that sort of growth with myself. But I get so much I get so much done and I get to be so much more, which I love. I get to be so much more. 
Yeah. It also helps you to say no to those things. If you're a yes person like me and you're like, oh, okay, I'll, 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 you know, okay, I'll be on your PTA board, even though I don't have time, you know, it helps you say no, say, I, I just honestly don't have time in my schedule to do it. So it makes it easier to make those decisions and, and turn some things away. I think saying no is very important. I just had a podcast episode about the art of saying no. And what it really boils down to, again, is priorities. So when we say we don't have time for something, what we're really saying is, I choose not to make that a priority. Because if I say yes to that, then I have to say no to helping with homework or to picking my kids up at a certain time or whatever the case may be. So I think when you think about it that way, it's it's really empowering. It, it, it actually doesn't feel so bad to say no because I think that's the reason a lot of women say yes. I'm they they're it's just easier. They think it's easier and it it feels yucky to say no sometimes, but it's it, more guilt. Yeah, again, yeah. right. And it's again not, with it, the guilt. It's not helping you, the guilt. It's not helping mm-hmm. you. How often do you say to yourself, I love my mom life? A lot, hopefully. But if sometimes you sort of feel like motherhood is one long ride on the hot mess express, you're not alone. As a mom, you have the best intentions of getting your to-do list, your goals, and you know, your life in order. And sometimes you kind of do. But then a small human asks you repeatedly for a snack and you completely lose track of what you are doing. Sound familiar? Our mission at Your Ideal Mom Life is to help moms take back their time and get more of what they want. And we have a fun and simple and free way to help you make that happen. It's called the Mom Life Challenge. During this challenge, you'll learn how to create a mom life you absolutely love. In three days, you'll jumpstart the habits you need to organize your life and your schedule. Translation, less mom fails, more winning. And did I mention it's free? Visit us at youridealmomlife.com slash momlifechallenge and join thousands of other moms who are taking back their time and loving their mom life again. I love that you say it's never too late to launch or relaunch your business. Every day is a fresh start to declare, today is the day I will take my business to the next level. So tell me more about how you kind of coach your clients through that. I'm sure that's a mindset that people need to to adopt, yeah. right? Right. Well, a lot of businesses I see that are kind of struggling, and this goes back to my corporate days too. You know, they think, well, I'm kind of stuck with it. I've got to keep changing the goal or, you know, changing the plan instead of saying, stop, create a plan, start fresh. You don't need a new year. You don't need January 1st. You don't need a new Monday. You can restart and reboot your business at any time. And that's so important to have those skills because look what happened this year. You know, so many businesses that were crippled in March and April and they didn't know what to do. And um, we launched a program in April called Three Steps to Pivot. So this was how can you take what you have, the gifts and talents that you have, and understanding what it is your customers need from you, and maybe pivot your business a new way. So sometimes environment, society, you know, pandemics throw that curveball at us. But sometimes we can say, you know what, I'm just not happy with where my business is going and I need to change it. And it started with, um, you know, I've been working on a a course and I teach 
business owners how to get to know their customer. So part of that is, well, I want to get to know my customer better. And I was doing a lot of one-on-one client work. And um, I was getting a lot of phone calls from women, especially saying, how do I do Instagram? And I'd say, well, why do you need Instagram? And they said, I don't know. But everybody told me if I just had Instagram, my business would be better. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, they don't know what I know. I need to help them. So I started interviewing these women and I interviewed like 10 women and it really opened my eyes to how they were feeling about their business and how they were feeling about their confidence to market and grow their business. So I said, well, I need to talk to more women like this. So I went into some Facebook groups. I said, listen, I'll buy anyone a virtual cup of coffee if you'll just talk to me. And I ended up interviewing 50 women and I got so much data on how they were feeling about, you know, I'm struggling. I'm embarrassed because my family will think I'm a failure. And I realized they needed a reboot. It wasn't their fault because that generation didn't grow up with social media or marketing strategies that we use today. They know their industry. They know what they do best, but they just didn't know how to grow it. So I had to tell them, you know, stop feeling this way. We'll get through this together. And that's why I created the Startup Tribe was to help that group of women, especially that 40 to 60 year old woman who says, I want to start a business or I have a business that just isn't performing like like I want. So you can start over anytime. I love that. Love, love, love that. And when you were just talking about really knowing your customer, it's so important to know you know, what your customer wants and who your ideal customer is. And by the way, guys, if you need a little guide on how to discover who your ideal customer is, you should go check out Barbara's website. It's barbaragobi.com slash who is my customer. It's awesome. But that I think that freedom that you were just talking about of, of it's okay to start over is is so empowering because I, I think sometimes we do get kind of like stuck in a groove or or down a rabbit hole where we feel like, if I change anything or if I pivot or if I, you know, stop doing what I've been doing, I'm going to, it's going to look like I gave up or it's going to look like I failed. And that just that freedom and that shift, the paradigm shift, the mindset to start over, I think is really awesome. Right. Yeah. I started BG marketing when I was in my forties. I started my group coaching programs in my fifties. So it's never too late. It's never too late to start over. By the way, your skin is amazing. Oh, thank you. It must be a filter on here. (laughs) We can see each other. We're not, you know, obviously we're not in the same room, but um, you just said in your 50s, I was like, what are you talking about? You look great. So um, I love that that you also say that um, you believe anyone can learn anything. And that resonated with me so much because if anyone, my listeners know, if you've read any of my blog posts, I always say anyone can do anything. Why not you? So what are some of the things you've had to learn as you were creating, evolving, maybe especially this year in 2020? Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, um, the first lesson I had to learn when I started my business, I remember the first day after I gave my pink slip to my corporate job and I was sitting in there in my dining room and I said, oh my God, what have I just done? (laughs) Like, what did I do? I just walked away from like a six figure salary because I thought I could just coach people and consult companies. And so there's a lot of things you have to learn as a business owner that might feel, you know, itchy and scratchy to you, like, like marketing or like accounting, you know, there's a lot of things you have to do. I've had a lot of lessons in having employees on setting boundaries or, 
you know, being a good leader, I had to learn those types of skills. So there's hard skills and soft skills that you need to learn as a business owner. And then when you get to a certain point in your business, you can start saying, you know what, it is costing me money to do my own marketing or to do my own bookkeeping. I need to hire someone to do that. So you can get to a point where then you have to outsource it. But in the beginning, you're going to have to do all the things and you are. Um, So you have to learn those skills. I think the second lesson I learned, you know, I I kind of plateaued in our company and then we kind of, we rebranded as well, was how I had to learn how to be out there and how to be present for my clients and, and how to come from a place of service. And so, you know, we're pumping out tons of content, blog posts, articles, freebies, videos, and we do all of this just to serve our audience. So we're never selling. And that's something that you have to learn is that um, you won't make less money by serving your audience. You'll actually end up making more because then they become, you know, they start to know, like, and trust you better. So that's a big mindset shift that you have to learn is how, what does my customer need from me that I can give them? And then this year I took that lesson and then taught that back to my customers. So they also needed to learn what does my customer do need from me that I can provide? Because it really is a matter of survival in 2020 is understanding your customer and pivoting because this was not the place to be salesy and cheesy and pushing your products down the throats of somebody who may have lost their job. Um, You had to learn how to pivot your company to come from a place of service to help others. And then it all works out in the end. You know, you'll, you'll all survive. I think learning something new can kind of be paralyzing for some people at sometimes it's because of again the fear of like how am I going to learn this? So what are what's your advice to someone who's starting out like how do they learn all this stuff? Right. Well, the first thing I would do is, you know, stop listening to everybody else because my husband always says opinions are like butts. Everybody has one. <laughs> so you have to stop listening to the advice of all your friends who tell you what you should be doing because all it's doing is creating clutter and confusion and frustration in your brain. And you need to stop that madness. And then you need to align yourself with someone you do trust, you know, a mentor, an expert in their industry, you know, who can tell it like it is, you know, that's not trying to sell you something that's really trying to guide you. So that's the first thing is to find that. And I know that that comes then from, well, I'm back to searching on social media to find that expert. But it's usually only a couple steps to find out who is the real guru. Anytime I want to learn something new in my business, I always think to myself, who is the top person in this to teach that? You know, we're working on launching a YouTube channel. So I said, I can optimize YouTube channels, but I don't do video editing. So I need to find out who's the best at that that can teach me. Because even though you might pay a little bit more, you're actually saving a lot of time and money and getting conflicting advice. So, you know, stop listening to the non-experts. And then, you know, there's some really great resources out there. There's a lot of online courses you could take or membership programs you can belong to. Great podcasts like this. I mean, I'm a huge consumer of podcasts and I'm always using that time to listen and grow. And that's one of those choices that I make. I don't listen to music anymore. I listen to podcasts when I'm driving. Um, You know, but just find... 
find where the real wisdom is and stop listening to everyone else's opinions. Who do you listen to in your personal life? Like who, who pours into you? Who builds you up? I think that's so important to have, right? From a business perspective? Well, actually, I was thinking even from a personal perspective, because so much when you're starting your own business depends on your own ability to believe in yourself and to, to be able to, to overcome that fear. Right. Well, you know, I, I guess I'd go back to my husband. He doesn't work in my industry at all. He's, his whole background has been government and military. So he doesn't have a very business mindset. So he's not someone I can even like brainstorm with because he doesn't get what I do, but he always believes in me. And he always tells me, you know, you can do it. In fact, I have a little poster right here on my computer that he gave me. You can do this. Aww. You got this. I love because that. he's my biggest cheerleader. And you need to have a cheerleader that can pump into you when you're not feeling it that can tell you, I got this. Mm-hmm. And um, one day I was, I went to my office because I needed to get away from the kids to work on a project. And when I got to the office, I had this meltdown that I couldn't do this project that I was working on, that I wasn't enough, that you know, who am I to teach this? Like all the things were in my head. And I called my husband. He's like, babe, you got this. Don't worry about it. I said, I feel like I've missed the train. He goes, not only are you on the train, you're in first class of the train. You got this. So you need someone like that that can pick you up when you're not feeling it. Yeah, I totally agree. And you're right. It's it's that imposter syndrome. that it, We all have that. I actually just um, last week did a, an episode called the You Can't Monster where I talk about that voice in your head that's telling you, you can't do this. You're not good enough. You don't have time for it. Why would anyone listen to you? All the, all those things. And, and, and being able to, to have someone like that to help you, to remind you who you are, to remind you why you're amazing. I, I agree is so important. And for me, it's also my husband and he's, um, he's a banker. (laughs) So he, and he's a guy. So like, you know, my, I speak mostly to women, so I can't always, get that tangible advice with him. Like I can't always brainstorm that way with him, but he's always there to tell me, get out of your head. You got this. Yeah. You have to get out of your head. Yep. It's, and that's exactly right. It's all in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I grew up with the, you can't monster. Cause my parents, they weren't negative or mean. They just were, I, I call them settlers. They settled for what they got in life and they never pushed to do more. So even when I graduated college, my dad was like, well, why don't you just be a secretary like your mom? And I thought, well, gosh, it was kind of an insult to me and mom by demeaning that position, you know, but there was so much I wanted to do. I wanted to be, you'll laugh at this. I wanted to be a meteorologist because I love the science of weather. I grew up in the Midwest, lots of tornadoes. And my dad said, oh, but only pretty girls make money in meteorology. And I thought, oh. You know, <laughs> so that's kind of what I grew up with. But I I didn't take that um, to heart thinking, well, my dad's right. I can't do it. I was more like, ah, I'm going to show you. <laughs> so I always push myself to be this overachiever just to prove my parents wrong. That's so interesting. And by the way, you're very pretty. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I don't know that I'm weather girl pretty. <laughs> but Whatever that means, like, seriously. <laughs> But yeah, I it's it's so nice to have someone in your life who can be that person for you. And then it you can also be that person for somebody else, you know. I think it's so important to surround yourself with people who have the same mindset that you have and who are going to push you, who are going to call you out, but who are also going to celebrate you. And once you know how important that is, you can be that for somebody else. I love the way 
that sort of circle happens with that. Yes. And if you don't have someone in your life, I will be that person. We do that in the startup tribe. We celebrate all the little accomplishments and big accomplishments. We're accountability buddies. We're cheerleaders. You know, whatever it takes. If you don't have someone, I'll be that person. I love that. Did you guys hear that? She's not kidding. So I'm, I'm not kidding. I know. Look at look up this, the search for the the startup tribe on Facebook, and you'll find Barbara's group. And um, I'm in it as well. And it's it's great. It's it's really positive. It's uplifting. And that's the way we should be, right? We should, especially as moms, we should be supporting each other and building each other up. Yeah, and you know that was the other thing why I started it because. For you know, for some reason, women have this perception, or maybe it's reality, that we're always putting each other down and we're pushing each other down. And we have to stop doing that. We have to lift each other up because you know, there's I mean, there's more women on the planet than men right now. And yet we don't have the top leader positions, we don't have those roles. How can we help more women be there? Amen. I agree. In fact, I just, I'm very heavily involved in charity work and volunteer work, and I'm involved in Rotary International. And um, I wanted to be um, governor of my district. (laughs) My district is Broward, Dade, the Keys, and Grand Bahama Island. We have about about 1,800 members. And typically that role has always been an older white male. And I said, we have to change that. I'm going to run for governor. So, you know, a lot of them were like, oh, that's cute. You can't do it. You know, you're never going to make it. And I said, but I'm going to try anyways. And I got it. And I got it. Amazing. So (laughs) since 1989, there's only been five other women who've ever held that position. But my goal is to change the fabric of our culture. And, you know, because we're not um, representative of the communities that we serve. And we need to have more women. We need to have younger people. We need to have more diversity and ethnicities in there. And so I said, I'm going to pave the way for others to do this with me. I love that. Be the change you want to see. It's so true. And again, anyone can do anything. And all all you got to do is try. And if you don't, quote unquote, succeed the first time, I mean, it's really, it's all about the lesson, right? You, there's no such thing as a true failure, you, there, it, there are only lessons. And everything that happens, happens to teach you some, something and to catapult you somewhere. And I, I've looked back at my own life and I can see all the times I've fallen on my face and gotten back up and where that's led me now to this point. Oh, absolutely. I've failed so many times. In fact, I was at one point homeless living in my car. (laughs) So you can rise above anything. Trust me, when people say, oh, but you don't know my situation. I'm like, I don't know your situation, but I know that there are other situations that people come from adversity. I love that. And I appreciate you being here so much. This has been amazing. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Nikki. This is amazing. And I love... I love to tell my story because I hope to inspire others to do the same that I've done as well. You are. You are absolutely so inspiring. And it's been such a pleasure having you on here. Everyone, please go check her out at barbaragobi.com. Check out her freebie. It's awesome. And really take to heart the things she said today, whether it's conquering your fear, putting yourself out there, or just telling yourself you can do it. There's something that you can take from today that you're going to absolutely love implementing in your life. 
And that wraps up our conversation today with Barbara Gobi. I will see you on the next episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you took something of value from it. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone you love. And it would mean the world if you would leave a rating or a review. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Your Ideal Mom Life on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I can't wait to be with you in the next episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast.